Hi, this is Malayan Verveer. And this is Kim Azzarelli. We are co-authors of the book Fast Forward, How Women Can Achieve Power and Purpose. And you're listening to Seneca Women, Conversations on Power and Purpose, brought to you by the Seneca Women Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Welcome to this special edition. During these difficult times, we're talking to experts who can help us gain perspective on the impact of the coronavirus, as well as share tips, resources, and some much-needed inspiration. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Nicole Seminara. Dr. Seminara is an assistant professor and board-certified dermatologist at NYU Langone Health. She's also the founder of Masks for Medicine, a campaign started by New York City doctors to help healthcare professionals on the front lines of COVID-19. Dr. Seminara, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So as a doctor, could you tell us what the scene is like in New York um, during this pandemic? Yes, I think um, for doctors, not unlike everywhere else, um, there's a lot of uncertainty, um, which is making people, you know, quite nervous. We still don't really understand coronavirus in a lot of ways. Um, And, you know, where most people get the opportunity to stay home and sort of wait it out, you know, most of the doctors are being sent to the front lines. And so that level of uncertainty is sort of amplified. Um, And then it's a little bit unclear, you know, what really appropriate protective gear is. And it's, you know, being worked out kind of day by day. And so I think that you know, adds an additional level of stress to healthcare workers. And so that's one of the things that we're really working to try to alleviate for them. So as a dermatologist, you're on deck to see COVID-19 cases. Are all medical specialties pitching in during this moment? Yes. So um, even though um, we're dermatologists who you think, you know, we would have nothing to do with this, A, multiple people in our department have already come down with COVID-19. Multiple people in our department have already been redeployed um, a lot of other people have been volunteered, but just haven't been um, utilized yet. And so really, it's just a, you know, a massive project on the part of everyone because we need people to fill in, you know, all those spots with these patient surges with other doctors that, you know, normally would be the people managing this going out sick, you know, someone has to step up. So, you know, I would say every specialty, you know, with the exception of a few um, who really don't do a lot of clinical care are really on the front lines. Incredible. It's an incredible moment. Um, You talked a little bit about personal protective equipment. How crucial is PPE for healthcare workers right now? Uh, And is it typically reusable? So um, PPE is so incredibly um, important right now. I can't tell you how many people are getting sick that I personally know. I mean, I probably know at least 20 healthcare professionals who are sick at multiple different hospitals. And so we know that the protection that we're getting isn't really adequate. And in China and in Italy, healthcare professionals were affected far disproportionately to the general population in terms of getting sick and also in terms of mortality. Um, and so people in the hospital are really aware of this. And they also know they're bringing it home to their families, right? And so um, it's just incredibly, incredibly important to us. I can tell you we've delivered boxes of N95s to hospitals that were in need and they've cried. I can't tell you how meaningful it is. Each N95, you know, because we're reusing them, could keep a person safe for, you know, six days, can keep their family safe for six days. And so some people say, oh, I've only got, you know, four or five, but that's really, really meaningful to the individual um, in terms of reusing them. So traditionally, none of this stuff is reused. It's all completely disposable. Now we're in this scenario where we don't have enough to dispose of it. We're not even close. And so um, people have really been kind of pulling themselves up by their bootstraps and trying to figure out ways to reuse it. And so Stanford did a study where they put N95 masks in the oven at low temperatures, and they seem to um, maintain their integrity and it sterilized them. They're looking at UVC radiation to sterilize them, really everything they can possibly do. 
to get as much life out of what we previously considered disposable goods. So uh, tell us about Mass for Medicine um, and how you got started on this. Mass for Medicine is essentially an organization that is run by doctors trying to give personal protective equipment to other doctors. And so, you know, we're getting things essentially from the community. And so that's, you know, an individual, you know, in Nebraska, right, who might have three N95 masks in their garage or someone in Oklahoma who might have a sewing machine that can sew masks for us or, you know, somebody who has a dentist office in their clothes right now who can send us, you know, their masks. It's really everything and everyone. I give a lot of credit to my aunt, Johanna, actually, Johanna Porter. Um, she called me the same day that the um, CDC or, you know, maybe within a day or two of the CDC recommendation that if you don't have proper um, protective gear, that you should wear a bandana over your face, which created a big um, outcry amongst doctors. And so she said, you know what, I can sew you a mask. And, you know, I can sew you a really nice mask and I'd love to do that for you. And I thought, that's such an amazing idea. If we run out, like, you know, that could be really a saving grace for us. So we had to do it on a massive scale. And so we have a lot of really energetic and amazing residents in our program. And so, you know, I asked a group of them, they were interested in it and they were so gung-ho. It was amazing. And so, you know, within days, we got set up on multiple platforms. I mean, it was so fast and so incredibly successful that we've almost been shocked by the response. Um, and so the dermatology residents have been the lifeblood of the organization. It would not have been nearly as successful if it was just me. I can't tell you how many different people have come up with things, goggles, you know, that they have for working on machines. And so it's really just this grassroots effort to get all the protective equipment that we can possibly get and get it out to the providers as fast as we possibly can. We'll be back after this break. So for someone who sews, uh, how can they get yeah. involved in fabric mask making and how can they find a pattern that's effective? So on our um, Facebook page, which is Masks for Medicine with the number four, um, there's patterns on there. There's um, videos that we've created and there's really a community of people who've been sewing who have lots of tips and tricks and are answering each other's questions. None of us are actually sewers. Um, and so a lot of people ask us very technical questions that we probably are not the best person to answer. Um, but a lot of other people on the site are sewers. And so, you know, they've been a real, um, a real resource for us. And how do, how do fabric masks hold up uh, to medical gear? And can, can they be made um, to make a significant difference during this time? Um, so there's no question that a fabric mask is not equivalent to an N95. So we, we know that. But there's a lot of really important uses that they do have. And so a fabric mask actually will stop a droplet from a person who is actively contagious. So if a person is infected and they don't realize it and they cough, that fabric mask will stop that droplet from going and gathering and infecting other people. And so A, they're really important for people who are contagious and may or may not know it. The other thing that fabric masks can do is they can cover the N95 mask and they can cover the surgical mask. Once those get soiled in any way, they have to be disposed of and we cannot afford to dispose of them. And so it just gives an extra level of protection to that really high order personal protective equipment. In addition, you know, different studies vary, but it looks like fabric masks on the whole have about a 70% filtration rate. And really that's what's been used for most of history and frankly, in most of the world is fabric masks. And so there are a lot of uses for them, you know, for Providers who are in lower risk settings, you know, we have given them out to people who are delivering, you know, medications from pharmacies, right? 
they're going to come into contact with lots of elderly people and they're going to potentially act as vectors. And so we want to lower those rates of transmission. People are taking care of, you know, the mentally ill and they can't get into, um, you know, an environment where they're less congregated. You know, people who are going to protect children out in the, you know, in the community and still need to make house visits and all of those things. So those people have um, requested lots of masks for us and we've given out many, many thousands already. Such an amazing project and what you've done is just so incredible. And you're doing this, obviously you're seeing patients, you have a family at home as well. I mean, yes. how, how has this impacted your life? I'm very busy lately. I don't sleep a lot. <laughs> you know, my kids have been pretty tolerant to it. Uh, fortunately, they're, they're young. Um, I don't think they've necessarily noticed. But um, I mean, it's completely overtaken my life in the last, you know, 10 or 12 days since we've formed this. I work on it from the second I wake up until the second I go to sleep. And, you know, if there's a patient that, you know, doesn't show up for an appointment, I am working on it in between. Um, it's just been a real passion project for myself and also for the residents. I mean, we have residents well into the night answering Instagram comments and Facebook comments. And, you know, they've been just tremendous. There's no way, you know, it's just sort of functioned without them. Well, how can our listeners uh, connect and, and help Masks for Medicine? Um, so, A, if you have anything that could serve as personal protective equipment, we need it so tremendously. Um, N95 masks, surgical masks, goggles, all of those things have to be new, of course. Um, and then, you know, Tyvek suits, which are what, you know, painters wear and people who work on sets wear and they're those sort of disposable paper-like suits. Um, we have lots of um, people sewing, which is really tremendous. And we've actually gotten such an incredible response on fabric masks that a lot of the um, hospitals have actually started asking us to make surgical caps, which is another part of the, um, the uniform that we're supposed to be wearing, kind of bouffant caps or surgical caps. And so we're going to try to get some patterns up for those. And that's really a tremendous need right now. Um, people are hand-making face shields and there's some instructions online and we're going to try to post some of those as well. Apparently they're pretty easy to assemble. That's been really tremendous. And so, you know, most people probably have the ability or know someone who has the ability to do some portion of it. This is just so incredible um, and so inspiring. I know this conversation makes me very optimistic. What makes you optimistic in this moment uh, that is so hard for so many people? So before I started this, I honestly felt very powerless. Um, you know, it was a really depressing thing. It just felt like this was kind of taking over and we couldn't stop it. And it was this freight train heading toward us. And since starting this, it's actually been so uplifting. I mean, I think just for doctors and nurses and, you know, everyone working in healthcare to know that how many people are supporting us out in the world you know, people from other countries, people from all over the world that are not impacted um, by this or, you know, some little town, you know, that hasn't had a single corona case sitting by their sewing machine and making these for us and, you know, sending us little love notes along with them. And it's just been so incredible and uplifting and just has given us and I think all the people who are contributing a real sense of power that we can, you know, come together and, you know, try to get through this together. Well, Nicole, thank you for everything you're doing. Um, amazing, amazing work, obviously, on the front lines. And then, of course, extending that to help thousands and thousands of healthcare professionals. I hope that we can be helpful in some way. Um, and please, uh, please, I hope our listeners can be helpful. Um, and we'd be happy to, if you have the time, bring you back on the show and, and, and we can keep everyone posted. Thanks so much. Thank you. Take care. You're listening to Seneca Women. Conversations on Power and Purpose, brought to you by the Seneca Women Podcast Network and iHeartRadio, with support from founding partner P&G. Listen to Seneca Women Conversations on Power and Purpose on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please support this podcast by telling your friends, subscribing, and rating us. For more information on Seneca Women, follow us on social media, visit our website, SenecaWomen.com, and check out the Seneca Women app, free in the App Store. Have a great day.